to squeeze the lemon. You heard me. Squeeze the lemon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 171 of the Rough Cut Retrospective. I'm your host, Jackson Mahiran. Hi, how are you? Hope you're doing well. And alongside me, he's my mechanic, my coffee maker, and my podcast co-host. It's Mr. Carter Sims. Hello, Carter. Well, that is a sucker punch to the gonads. <laughs> I mixed uh, t- them. <laughs> that was good. Thanks. Uh, yeah. It is February. We are continuing our seeing double tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to be covering Get Smart and the Green Hornet today, which Ooh. should be really fun. Um, unfortunately, Jeff, our co-host for this little series we've been doing, is unavailable this week uh, because of the hate comment that he got on our film yet <laughs> post. Uh, just kidding. Uh, he is with his little baby baker and... Uh, his little baby has COVID and doesn't feel good. So he's yeah. taking care of that, doing the good fatherly duties. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's putting Baker in a cone of silence and it doesn't work. Out. <laughs> so uh, do, you think yeah, that, just... do you think that makes that uh, that guy who made the comment feel a little bad? Maybe. Um, I Yeah. Should we talk about that really quick? Um, <laughs> do you want to? I love I feel I think it's awesome. I, maybe we'll talk about it again next week when Jeff can formally respond. But we we got a, a funny hate comment on, I think, Film Me Up. I don't even think it was a hate comment. I, it was passionate. It was someone who was passionate about film sharing their thoughts. And I don't even I don't even blame them. Uh, our it. buddy Jeff, who can't defend himself, uh, gave some comments <laughs> on what movie was. It? I don't even remember. The thir- like, do you know? The third what movie? Man. Yeah. Third Man. And uh, someone, he gave it like a two and a half, which, you know, it, it happens from time to time. Sometimes to each their own. Yeah. Yeah. To each their own. And, and someone was very passionate um, and said that Jeff was a little a cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, I guess. <laughs> um, and, but he said something specifically that, that I do want to talk about really quick. He did say that like some art is objectively good. And I think that that is a huge error. And I, I highly disagree with that. And I'm kind of curious what you think. Yeah, well, first of all, I do want to say, um, you know, in the spirit of the comment, uh, we appreciate the comments. Like, totally, absolutely, like, absolutely. I, we want to hear your opinion, and that's kind of what this is all about, and why we started yeah. this podcast. So, please do continue the comments. Um, but I, I do agree. I think the whole purpose of art is that it is subjective to mm-hmm. to the viewer. There are probably classics that you and I quoted classics that people have agreed are are overwhelmingly good and there are mm-hmm. many things to admire about them even jeff said even regarding third man there were many things he admired about them even mm-hmm. though maybe he just found it a little boring um which is totally fine our palettes are different all our palettes are different i'm sure in the 40s if jeff saw that movie he'd be like holy cow but you know when you get to see like argyle you're like wow that's the greatest thing i've ever seen <laughs> not argyle uh, <laughs> which i'll talk about later so <laughs> We appreciate the spirited comments, but I I do agree that I mean that's the whole reason you and I do the podcast because mm-hmm. it's our opinions on movies yeah. and TV and pop culture. So we are not um, auteur experts uh, by any means. We, we we I mean this whole series is us ironically I guess like talking about bad movies uh, and trying to make the best of them. So yeah, you know it's it's not always going to be uh, every movie is perfect. Every movie is awful. Um, you find a mix, and I'm sorry, we've we've shit on some great movies. Uh, we famously hate Citizen Kane from this podcast. That is an official podcast statement, I think. I wouldn't say um, hate, but 
Uh, no, we don't hate it. Uh, <laughs> immediately walking it. And also, also, if Jeff were here right now, he just watched Citizen Kane and gave it five stars. Exactly. So, um, yeah. You know, everyone's People opinions differ. Yeah, yeah, no one, I think, universally enjoys a movie that... I don't think anyone would be like, oh, that's a great movie, 100%. There's always going to be outliers. And Jeff just got caught in the crossfire today. So <laughs> sorry he's here. And now me. his baby's sick. So yeah. how do you feel, commentary? Just kidding. Uh, um, no, please keep commenting. And we, yes, please. We're not, we're not ragging on you. Reach but, out to uh, us. Maybe you can come on the pod if you want. That'd be fun. Yeah, come do a noir Vember episode. With sure, us or why not? We'll, we'll open our eyes to it. Um, um, but yeah. With that, Carter... Uh, let's jump into our first segment. Tell me something, boy. Tell me something, boy. What are you into this week, Mr. Sims? Checked out the third man. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> but I have seen the third man. I like it. Um, I, I watched a lot this week, actually. I do want to start, since I mentioned it, uh, with Argyle, which um, I found incredibly <laughs> offensive. Um, okay. This is terrible and i'm going to use it to kind of contrast later um my Mm -hmm. thoughts on get smart cool um but argyle is poorly written it looks horrible the writing is terrible the characters are bad it's like just overall just objectively terrible objectively everyone would agree it's bad (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it's just it's just not good and i like a lot of matthew vaughn's stuff Mm-hmm. But I think he has like gone downhill since like the days of of Kick Ass and X Men First Class, and I like the first Kingsman. The second Kingsman's a little rough for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like yeah. it. I mean, uh, that's the one with uh, that's Shannon Tatum and Jeff Bridges, and yeah, yeah, and and uh, oh my god, why can't I even think of him? Uh, Pedro Pascal, Rocket Man. no Rocket Man. Oh, Taron Edgerton. Yeah, he's in the first one. No, 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 actual Rocket Elton Man. John? Elton John. Yeah, Boy, we got there. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, Argyle <laughs> is just really, really, really poor. And it looks terrible. Mm. Like, you can tell they didn't go to any other locations. It's all mm. green screen. It's, it's just really not good. And then, like, the plot twist, the real Agent Argyle. Can, yeah, can, can you uh, tell me and maybe bleep it out? Um, let me just say right here spoiler if you don't want Argyle spoiled for you fast forward like a minute okay mm-hmm. so the twist in Argyle Jackson is the real agent Argyle is Bryce Dallas Howard but she has amnesia oh that's dumb <laughs> I mean <laughs> I almost would have rather these... have been the cat I think that would have been yeah and she's writing these books about agent Argyle based on her memories of her time as a secret agent Mm. Um, it's quite poor, very confusing, and very convoluted, needlessly, and not even really all that funny. And we'll talk about action comedy later. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna start it off with a banger. Um, just amazing. Really not not ideal. I would wait for Apple TV for that one. Um, mm. I took Lauren to Oppenheimer finally. Oh, nice. Um, and a, and like a re-release. Yeah, it's back in theaters. Um, cool. in time for Oscar season. So we went and checked that out. I think like an hour into it, she leaned over and she was like, why didn't you tell me this was about science? I was like, it's about making the bomb. And she was like, I love this. I was like, oh, sweet. (laughs) That's awesome. That's great. So I think she really enjoyed the first hour and a half up to the Trinity test. And And then afterwards was not as interesting. (laughs) I think it kind of lost her in like the rise and fall of Louis Strauss. I think she kind of lost it there. I mean, she was still with it, but 
I, she still, I think, enjoyed it. And I think she, because she was like, let's just watch it at home. I was like, no, no, you want to, we're going to see it in theaters because you need it's to. It's different in theaters. Yeah. I, I told Abby if it re-releases around here, like we should see it in theaters. Definitely. Because she, she saw it at our our place and it was great. But like there's just, the, the audio alone uh, is worthy of being yeah. in a theater for. So I told her to. I told her to preemptively rank it among the best picture winners that we're going through, but she was like, no, no, I'm going to wait. I was like, okay, but all right, well, to each their own. Um, let's talk about Orion in the dark. Cause you, I saw you checked it out. Uh, yeah. This yeah. Week. Okay. I couldn't remember if that was before or not. So I didn't actually write yeah. this on the list, but yeah, I checked it out. Um, what were your thoughts? I enjoyed it. Um, it definitely, it's really strange because it is a kid's movie, but it really feels at times that I don't know if kids are getting much out of it. Yeah. Um, it felt a lot like Soul in that way, but Soul still had like it felt oh, even there were cats. Yeah. Ooh, so you could like kids could kind of relate to that. Um I feel like it missed the mark a little bit in yeah. um kind of bringing the full picture together. Still some really cool ideas, I think, and it just really felt like a Charlie Kaufman movie, but animated in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, just like delightfully weird and like didn't fully flesh out the world fully i think that it wanted to but still yeah. some cool ideas in there i still enjoyed it but um yeah what were your thoughts i yeah i feel like it tried to be a kind of pseudo inside out but like more like maybe like i don't know not as uh thought provoking in the, in that sense i guess it is kind of silly just at times i think it really loses me and like i guess it's like okay now i'm feeling the charlie kaufman of it all whenever like all of a sudden it's like a princess bride situation where it's like a story that the son is telling his daughter and like she wants to learn more. And then, but then like that daughter, like actually becomes a part of the story and time travels. But obviously that's just her like super meta at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It gets really weird. And then like this third kid that shows up as like another time traveler turns out like that's (laughs) the grandson. And like, we cut to like 30 years later from there. And like, yeah, it got wacky. It gets really wacky at the end. Um, Not to say that I disliked it, but it was just not what I was expecting, I I, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't think it like really, I I don't know. I feel like it would have stuck a little bit better if it, if it maybe just kept it simple, the Disney route and not have to do all this meta storytelling Princess Bride type stuff. I think Charlie Kaufman's incapable of that. I know. Um, Which is (laughs) in a good way. Like, yeah. yeah. So like I, I admire that in a sense, but so yeah, um, I, we had a good time with it, but um, I like the little uh quiet entity that like sucked up all the noise and it looked like a little mouse. I thought that, that one was, was cool. really cool. I did enjoy them. Yeah, those those were all those were all good. I like those. I like Paul Walter Hauser getting his his little animated movie. See, so. I weirdly wasn't liking it for him, and and I do like him, but like his voice just like feels. I don't like, I don't know. Like, I feel like maybe there wasn't enough energy or like it to me, it felt like it should have been like a Seth Rogen or someone like else. In <laughs> they sound that very realm. similar. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like maybe it just sounded a little off to me, but for Sorry. some reason that wasn't uh, the first choice I would have picked for that. But I thought that was kind of kind yeah. of interesting there. Anyway. Um, good stuff. Um, saw the beekeeper. That wasn't good. Nice. Um <laughs> Just, you know, it's what you expect, though. Yeah. Like, it's a just a good, fun, bad movie that in February to go check out. Just Jason Statham, B puns. Do you think he has the lowest average, like, letterbox or, like, like Rotten Tomatoes score of any actor around right now? Um, Maybe. I mean, he just He's loves... He's in a lot of, like, weird action He just loves movies. pumping out slop, 
like garbage <laughs> action. It's it's he great. He personally loves doing it. That's yeah. like what he prefers. It's great. And you know what's sad? <laughs> like the beekeeper's a David Ayer movie and Really? Man, he's it, had a interesting He's really record. fallen off like from yeah. from Fury and Fury's so good. Like Fury's amazing. There's another one. I can't pinpoint what it was, but Bright? Yeah, no, but but a good movie. Oh, okay. Uh, no, no, like, no, a good one. Like Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad, like killed his tr- career trajectory. Like it's yeah. it's crazy, just kind of the prospects he's had over the years. He was a really promising kind of gritty filmmaker. So unfortunate to see the Beekeeper. But um, <laughs> then on two lighter notes, I finally saw all of a Strangers. That was oh, cool. Cool, cool. That was lovely. Um, a really just thoughtful and heartfelt story. Mm-hmm. With some twists and turns, it's very very nice. I highly recommend when it comes to to streaming over there for you because mm-hmm. I doubt it'll be at your your movie theater. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, and then I checked out Germany's uh, entry for um, international feature film at the Oscars, The Teacher's Lounge. Oh, cool! And uh, that was really neat. I really enjoyed that. Just about a teacher who like gets caught in a in a controversy at school, and like mm. if you thought being a teacher was hard, like damn, good stuff going on in this movie. So. Yeah, I had a busy week, so I'll, I'll throw over to you. What were you into this week? I had a very busy week as well. I went to the theaters twice in one week, nice, um, which is pretty crazy for me. I might go again this weekend because Zone of Interest is in my little theater, oh, really? which is so wild. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, so I'm going to try to do that. And then once I do that, I check off all the best picture knobs this year because I was on a roll this week. Huge. Um, Nyad, which was not nominated for Best Picture, but uh, Acting I checked noms. that out yep, yep, on Netflix. Um, really strong. I got to say, Carter, I think this may be more deserving of a Best Picture than than Maestro, if I'm being honest. Maybe that's a spicy take. I mean, I guess there is something to say in Nyad, like a, a higher meaning other than mm-hmm. Maestro just kind of seems like oh, this guy had a bunch of art and had a lot of thoughts and, and art to put out, so I'm also mm-hmm. going to make a movie about putting my art out there. I think the only meta-commentary is Bradley Cooper, whereas Nyad has a bigger meta-commentary, maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, I can disagree with you, but I can Fair see enough. where you're coming from. Um, I just really think, one, I think the resume of you have the directors who did uh, Free Solo, so like they're, they're Oscar winners in, in that right. Uh, kind of doing a narrative film for the first time, but like really, and of course, because they're documentary filmmakers, this isn't super surprising, but the way that they utilize actual footage mm-hmm. throughout the film and also the casting, uh, the casting and makeup and hair that they do to get them to look exactly like uh, actual subjects that this is about, I yeah. I found to be very impressive. Um, And I, I think you mentioned this in your letterbox review too. There is a scene where they're hallucinating and like she swims towards the Taj Mahal or, or something like it. Uh-huh. That is by far the one thing that I think takes me out of the movie. Yeah. It's out and, of maybe place. The, and maybe like the first like 20 to 30 minutes are a little, slower. but once they hit the water for that movie, I am completely invested. I think it's very fascinating. And just as like a sports movie, I think it is one of the more unique and compelling ones that we've seen. So yeah, like I didn't even know about like, the story behind this. literally like, yeah same same had no I, idea I it was so cool uh yeah. the idea of a woman swimming from cuba to florida in like one go and it's like you're non-stop swimming for like 60 hours or something ridiculous like that, yeah. that that's insane and then like the, so many trials of you know getting stung by a box jellyfish or 
um, being afraid of a shark coming up to you or having an allergic reaction while swimming. Like there was just so many aspects of it that I, I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. Uh, then I checked out May December, which is also on Netflix. So that's a good double feature. Um, if you're trying to get some Oscars off your checklist, mm-hmm. um, really, really heavy. You had a gross uh, time, right? It was it was a tough watch. <laughs> um, the source material is, I guess, it's like based off of a true story, obviously, um, to some extent about uh, a woman who uh, has relations with a seventh grader um, and marries him at some point, and they it count. Uh, I guess like we're twenty five years down the road, they have a family. It's you know, it's a little nicer now to them and to everyone around them since like they've outgrown the weird controversy around it. But then this actress comes in to, you know, study them and portray her in a movie. And and Natalie Portman's just amazing in this too. I think she's yeah, doing really everyone good. is is great. A lot of so good, good. Um just really heavy source material. Um but yeah, mm-hmm. uh is uh Charles Melton, that's his name, right? Yeah. He uh he definitely I thought had one of the more uh compelling scenes of like maybe the whole uh, Oscar Gambit of just him on the on the roof with his son smoking weed and like kind of talking about how this is not something he ever got to do and his son and him kind of having this moment of like wow you really had no childhood like that was yeah. robbed of you and your innocence was robbed of you and it was just really really powerful stuff and I think he maybe deserved a nomination and just for that scene alone I thought was was pretty cool yeah um then uh starting my theater experience we went to american fiction on saturday which was really cool yeah um i liked it a lot uh, i thought it was really just a really interesting uh, commentary on something that we've been talking about for a little bit too of like trauma porn at uh the oscars and at uh you know like prestigious books and like like the way that people especially white people just like love to talk about trauma of other people and elevate those stories but those stories are elevated in uh, demeaning you know, ways, demeaning ways, or stereotypical ways, or yeah, and and I just thought it was very clever, very smart, and I and I really liked, um, you know, seeing the other perspective of some people profiting off of that and being like, yeah, I got to get my bag, like if I don't do it, someone else will, or why mm-hmm. not, like profit off of white people guilt or or whatever, like I don't know, I thought there were some really interesting uh, layers to that that I I just really enjoyed, yeah, um, 100%. and then finally uh, on Tuesday. $5 Tuesdays, I saw Poor Things, and I thought that was just so much fun, too, and really weird. Mm. And, yeah, I, I mean, it is a Frankenstein story, true and true. Um, awesome. Such a fun, such a fun movie. So weird. I loved the goose sewn onto a dog just walking around. <laughs> Super weird stuff. Emma Stone, maybe maybe an Oscar winner in the future. So Two-time Oscar winner? Two-time, yeah. Come on now. I, I could see it. Um. I don't know. I think Gladstone maybe should have done supporting because I want to see both of them win something and and that's not going to be the case. So. Yeah, I know. It's it's a big bummer. So we'll see. But yeah, a lot of great movies out there and I'm excited for the Oscars. Hee hee. Hee hee. Should we get into it, buddy? Let's do it. All right. Getting into seeing double. Oh, don't do this to me. I'm already seeing double. Uh, We got two movies that we're talking about, Get Smart and The Green Hornet. So I'm just going to run you through some quick facts about both of them before we dive into the similarities and then just kind of have an open discussion. Sure. Um, Get Smart was directed by Peter Siegel, who did some pretty interesting movies uh, looking into this Carter. Tommy Boy, hmm. 50 First Dates. Which is really, I think, a pretty good movie. And Nutty Professor 2, Meet the Clumps. Oh, yeah. uh, Which is also just an insane resume piece. Uh, (laughs) This is a 2008 release and is classified as an action spy comedy. 
with a synopsis. When members of the nefarious crime syndicate Chaos attack the U.S. spy agency control, the chief has to promote his eager analysis, Maxwell Smart, played by Steve Carell, uh, to field agent. Uh, Smart partnered with veteran Agent 99 blends inexperience, enthusiasm, and ineptitude as he works to thwart a world domination plot hatched by the wily chaos chief Siegfried. Ooh. Terrence Stamp. Ooh. Terrence Stamp. Um, pretty fun cast. We got Alan Arkin, uh, Steve Carell, Anne Hathaway. Um, basically any comedy people from like the mid 2000s that you can think of um, from The Office or from just from a bunch of random stuff. Also, The Rock when he still has hair, which is kind of a wild thing to think about. Job Early rock actor. Um, pretty fun stuff. Uh, had a budget of $80 million with a box office of $230.7 million. So actually turned a profit. Um, and it has a 2.9 average on Letterboxd. Mm. Oh, yeah. Boom. Uh, moving on to The Green Hornet, which is directed by Michael Gondry, which was maybe the most surprising thing uh, coming out of doing research for this. Yeah. Uh, director of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, my favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh Doing this weird movie that I used to watch as a kid, which I think is kind of interesting. Uh, this is a 2011 release superhero comedy. Uh, the synopsis, Britt Reed, the heir to the largest newspaper fortune in Los Angeles, is a spoiled playboy who has been thus far happy to lead an aimless life. After his father dies, Britt meets Cato, a resourceful company employee. Realizing that they have talent and resources to make something of their lives, Britt and Cato join forces as costume crime fighters to bring down the city's most powerful criminal, Chud Nofsky, played by Christoph Waltz, which is uh, pretty fun. Uh-huh. Um, this has a budget of $110 million with a box office of $227.8 million. Hmm. So very similar uh, on the box office returns, which is kind of interesting. Very nice. And this has a 2.4 on Letterbox. Hmm. Um, so before we jump into like our initial thoughts, uh, actually, I guess if you want to jump into your initial thoughts, was this the first time you'd seen, um, uh, this movie, uh, either of them? Uh, no, I had seen both of these, okay. um, in the theaters. I do really? Recall. Okay. That's fine. Um, get smart was one that I had on heavy rotation. Mm-hmm. Again, it's another 2008 release. And I've talked yeah. about many times that if a movie wasn't released in 2008, I had the DVD probably. Me too. So this one was on heavy rotation. The green Hornet, I want to say I haven't revisited since theaters. Okay. Um, so it's been well over a decade since yeah. I, I revisited it. So uh, what about you? Was this your your first time revisiting it since kind of your teens? Yeah, I think so. I definitely watched both of these a lot. I know I had Get Smart on DVD, and I know I had Green Hornet on digital for some reason. Like I, I bought oh. it for a road trip, and then I just watched it a bunch. Nice. Uh, at one point, uh, I was really into Mythbusters on Discovery Channel, and they did a whole episode dedicated to this movie, like as like a cross promotion, and like they did Mythbuster testing of like a bunch of the stunts that they did. That was kind of cool. Hmm. Um, so weirdly, like I I really liked this movie growing up, um, and I think I gained a new appreciation for the Green Hornet, and I think Get Smart fell for me a little bit uh, in my head because I thought I was going to be enjoying that one a lot more and it was not as good on rewatch but we will get into that in a second wonderful um i kind of want to talk about the similarities before we get into it um both of these well first of all the green hornet originally was uh a radio serial in detroit uh in the 1930s kind Mm -hmm. of interesting 
Um, but both of these had, and, and I will say too, Get Smart is kind of this satire parody of the James Bond era, kind of before, like before, um, you know, Austin Powers did it, which is kind of interesting too, like how um, this was oh, the like the original, original show. Satire. Yeah, yeah the, the show is the original satire mm-hmm. uh, of that. So so both of these had shows uh, that were on at the same time. I don't know if you knew this. Um, I didn't realize that. The Green Hornet aired from 1966 to 1967. It w- it got one season. Good run. It, it was 26 episodes. Bruce Lee played Kato, which is why, um, you know, he shows up in some sketches in, in the new movie that, uh-huh. that we're going to talk about, which I thought is interesting. Um, and then Get Smart ran from 1965 to 1970, and it had 138 episodes uh, under its belt. I think it ran for like six seasons. Um, nice. yeah just kind of like an interesting time that like both of those just for a brief period were overlapping at the same same yeah. moment um so yeah that's kind of interesting um i do think doing these like mid-2000s movies like these reboots of like these kind of old forgotten uh intellectual properties is kind of interesting too i wish jeff were here just because he told me uh going into this that this is like get smart was a show that his family watched a lot uh, really? growing up so he actually does have kind of a connection to the show oh interesting um which i wish we could have gotten his insight on but um nonetheless, did you know uh, that any of that before you like saw them the first because i'm sure jeff had that frame of reference when he went to see get smart maybe as a kid but i had probably had no idea when i was a kid seeing both of these that there was original ip that's a good question i i almost imagine i knew that green hornet must have been something because like that was the time where like stuff was just like getting adapted into those movies shelves, and like yeah. there's kind of like cashing in on the the iron man's and, and that stuff maybe not as to not to not as a successful sure uh, attempt but uh and with get smart i feel like i might have known only because i feel like they do so much ooing and eyeing at the their likeness they do like weird nostalgia bait when yeah. when like most people aren't familiar with it like they have the museum with all like the tv relics and the phone the the shoe phone and the red car and and i don't know like in that way like maybe mm-hmm. that's how i knew it was a reboot sure. but but like i don't think most people did yeah. at least um they both kind of have these like iconic cars that they they want to show off in their movie which i think is kind of cool you have the red uh, James Bond S car for Get Smart, and then you have the Black Beauty, which is maybe one of the cooler uh, hero crime fighting cars of of cinema history. Perhaps right it's behind cool Hit from Knight Rider. Yes, Hit is pretty cool. Actually, I that is a pretty cool car. Um, both starring non like a non typical comedy icon of the time. I think Seth Rogen is like a huge. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like he, like a lot of comedy owes a lot to Seth Rogen in the mid two thousands. Yeah. Just like the stoner comedy genre, I think is fully uh, on the back of him and his friends. And this is one of those movies that weirdly fits into that. Cause I did not know going into it um, on rewatch that this is like him and Evan Goldberg, like wrote this movie. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty fun. Um, so I, th- I think that's interesting. And then like Steve Carell, of course, hot off of, was he doing the office yet? Yeah. 2008. So it's like season yeah. three or four. Okay. That he's in. So he's in the heart of it. Of, like, Did he do Anchorman already? 2004. So yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, okay. he's big. That makes sense. Yeah. He's yeah, probably so... the hottest comedy star on the market at this time. Probably. I would Which say. Which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. 
Him and Will um, Ferrell probably. Yeah. Do you think who who do you think would do better in the other person's movie? Would oh. Seth Rogen pull off like a Steve Carell role from Get Smart, or would Steve Carell pull off the Seth Rogen role? I I don't know. It's hard for me to see Seth. Well, first of all, I mean, we'll talk about the 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 whole love story background and Get Smart. Yeah. It's hard for me to even see Seth Rogen and uh, Anne Hathaway being a viable love interest, even though that's already pretty outlandish between Steve Carell and Anne Hathaway. Um, yeah, I think Steve Carell could probably do the Green Hornet stuff, but I don't know. It just feels like you have to be much younger for that that role. And I feel that's like true. there's no yeah. age limit for the Maxwell Smart character, mm-hmm. per se, that really would limit it. So I don't know. Truly. <laughs> I could see it. I yeah. will say, uh, looking at like the the photos of uh, the original Maxwell Smart, I do think they casted Steve Carell pretty good at pretty like close. getting that look, which I think is pretty cool. Very nice. Um, I will say, uh, both of these uh, movies again just kind of have some interesting directing ties, like of like competent directors like taking this, and I don't know. I feel like maybe both of these movies aren't well received, which is why we're talking about it in our yeah. seeing double. But like, both very competent directors that like maybe fumbled or maybe did some interesting stuff that got underappreciated. We'll talk about that soon. Sure. Um, And then I have two similarities. These, uh, both of these movies have a similarity to Eagle Eye, which we already talked about. Um, Get Smart, of course, has the exact same evil villain plot device of get uh, a music note bomb of once Mm -hmm. the final note in the sympathy symphony is played, uh, you know, a big bomb will go off and, and kill everybody. Of course. Uh, with the president there also, I think, because James Kahn is the president. Yeah. Yeah. In that yeah. one, which is pretty fun. So, yeah, like the president's in the room. Just classic. I don't know. I'm sure this is done before Eagle Eye 2, but um, just just one of those funny ones. Yeah. Um, actually, well, I guess they both came out in the same year. So I don't know when. Yeah. yeah. Maybe one. Maybe Eagle Eye copied that. Um, and then Green Hornet also features the game Rock Band, which is in Eagle Eye as well. And so I thought I'd <laughs> shout that out too, just because uh, the sign of the times Rock Band was really big. We used to be uh, a country man. I know. <laughs> um, so yeah, with that, uh, do you want to just talk about Get Smart and just jump in? Sure. We're gonna start with Get Smart. Let's do it. Beautiful. Um. So upon rewatch, I know you and Jeff. Um, d- it didn't really hold up for you, right? Yeah, we watched this one together, mm-hmm. and this was one that I remember being very quotable, very funny, very silly, mm-hmm. and it just didn't hold up. You know, like a lot of the jokes felt like they had to hammer on the point that like it was a joke or like they'd like, I don't know, something funny would happen, and then they'd have to cut to Steve Crow being like, I can't believe that just happened. And it's <laughs> like, yeah, like, come on, we were on board. Like, you don't have to ruin the joke. Um, I just felt like that was a lot. The jokes were just playing to like the lowest common denominator a lot of the times. Um, I do think there were some good quotes um, that we can get into specifically. I thought Alan Arkin is super fun in this movie. He's great. Uh, there's a moment where <laughs> he, like they're on the, the the car chase and like the this giant marlin swordfish goes through their windshield and Max goes, I think it's only fair to warn you. Or no, Max goes... Uh, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And the chief goes, I don't know. Were you thinking, holy shit, holy shit, a swordfish almost went through my head? If so, then yes. I think that was so funny. The delivery so good. Iconic. Huge fan of that. Um, <laughs> and then Maxwell Smart, of course, when he's like captured by the bad guys, 
He goes, I think it's only fair to warn you this faculty, this facility is surrounded by a, a highly trained team of 130 black ops snipers. I don't believe you. Would you believe two dozen Delta Force commandos? No. How about Chuck Norris with a BB gun? Like just stuff <laughs> like that. I thought was like really funny. Um, yeah. Like, how do you feel about the humor of this? Um, for the most part, there there were there were moments that kind of fell flat on their face, but truthfully, for the most part, I found this, and I don't know if this is just nostalgia kicking in really hard, and I just can't see past it. I found this effortlessly watchable. Like, really, I just had a really good time, and I was laughing out loud still, mostly from the Alan Arkin bit that you just mentioned. Yeah, um, a lot of great little bits. There's a there's a there's a small one that I don't even remember. When he's in, when um the guy from Borat, who's like Siegfried's like yes, like second in command, number two, and like he's just like cursed him out, and he gets off the phone, and he's like, "I want to quit, but what can I do?" He's married to my sister. I was like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> "That's great." So there are some good bits. I like like there's some really absurd things, like the plain bathroom scene, which I still found pretty fun. Yeah. Um, the dancing scene, which I also still found pretty mm-hmm. fun. Um. Squeeze so, the lemon. Squeeze the lemon. Iconic. You and I say that all the time. I will say the the bit that was funnier from that scene, which I did not appreciate enough as a kid, is when he has gum on his shoe and he's trying to get it off at the match. Shoe bomb. They, they think he has a shoe bomb. He goes, "No, it's gum." And they go, "He's got a gun." And they tackle him and all that stuff. That was like so, so fun. I love, sir. I love believe that you just shattered my coccyx. <laughs> <laughs> that sequence yeah. is. Honestly, that sequence might be one of the strongest moments of the whole movie because then it goes into the bathroom scene, which like goes into the skydiving action, which I think is a really good action sequence that they utilize. Yeah. Um, Jeff and I were talking. We definitely think that was like actual skydivers like going through and doing like the stunts and then filming it. Like it didn't feel like a green screen. I do um, want to mention that after yeah. seeing Argyle, like hot <laughs> off the heels of Argyle. Where yeah. you can tell everything was shot on a blue screen yeah. or a green screen, like they didn't go to the location. I looked it up; like they actually went to Moscow, like That's they cool. actually went to LA. Like you can tell they actually filmed this in real places, and I find that very uh, appealing in a, mm-hmm. in a studio action comedy. Um, and I don't know if it was just a product of the times, but yeah, like I was was laughing at this man, and yeah, I I I, I just had a good time. And in the wake, I of will Argyle, say, yeah. The only thing in that sequence that really bothered me, and I never noticed it as a kid. He, whenever he's in the bathroom and he's, you know, trying to cut himself out of the plastic handcuffs that the air marshal puts him in, mm-hmm. he's like trying to shoot this like harpoon, like like this mini harpoon in his Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Um, to like cut it off and it's bouncing off and it's piercing his ears and it's going through his cheek and stuff, and it's very funny. But he has a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> Like, it's just like a functioning Swiss Army knife, like with a knife, with scissors, I'm sure. Um, I, I thought that was kind of funny on Revisit. It's great. Just the bumbling nature. And I, I think the movie is enhanced. I, I saw a couple people kind of talk about this on Letterboxd when I was going through and seeing people's takes. But a lot of people were just comparing this to like just the the through line of The Office where like this is Michael Scarn. Like this is Threat Level Midnight. And uh, see... <laughs> This is where I wish it were more like that because I feel you like wanted more I, 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 wanted, I wanted more Michael Scott. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like at times we got it, Um, like, especially when uh, Anne Hathaway is like, freeze, and he goes, freeze, you freeze, like that, like that whole sequence I thought was very Michael Scott. Uh-huh. But I feel like most of the time he's playing Brick from Anchorman. He's playing a pretty straight, it, like, yeah. But he's like playing it like straight 
but I don't know. Like it feels it, like I don't. Maybe it's his delivery. Maybe it's his like inability to get the joke, but like not in like a Michael Scott. Because I think what's different from Brick and, and Michael Scott, well, a lot of things. But like, I feel like Michael Scott laughs at the joke that he doesn't get, and Brick just kind of like stares awkwardly. And I feel like that's more kind of like what we got with him. Like I want, I want Michael Scott to think he's in on the joke and laughing along when really like he's not at all. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what I wanted from from this. Maybe that's I don't fair. Know. That's fair. I get that. Um, but yeah, th- there were definitely some, some, some done dumb bits, I would say. Um, but you know, for the most part, I was, I was kind of like, that the most Michael Scott part was when like he tries to go on the cone of silence and he's like, this is the best day of my life. I was like, that's some Michael Scott right there. Like, but we that was pretty good. Fully that. But, um, can we, uh, can we, uh, at least there's a part that really doesn't work about this movie upon rewatch. And it's the mm-hmm. whole plot of. I think it's Anne Hathaway's character background and also love interest to Steve Carell in general. Just yeah. um it's weird. Doesn't really work. Like the whole backstory is that she like what she blew a cut blew a mission, so she had to get facial reconstruction surgery. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And I just don't really buy that dynamic either of their their love story. That part was a little rough. Their chemistry um, is weird to me. Chemistry is weird. I didn't really, I didn't even need all of it. Um, no. It's a little fuzzy and frankly not very believable. So, yeah, I thought that part didn't really hold. I like their, like, rapport back and forth. Like, they play totally. off each other pretty well. Yeah. Um, I don't think it has to be a romantic rapport, though. No, it doesn't have to be a romantic rapport. Because they're already be- on the uneven playing field of she's like the established agent and he's like the rookie who thinks he knows right. a little bit more than he actually does. Like, I think that that dynamic works just enough yeah. to not have to do that's great the the romance subplot as well but yeah other than, other than that that part was a little rough i love the bill murray cameo for some reason why it's in there <laughs> that I, one's I, insane I don't just understand. inside a tree yeah <laughs> is he been? forced to live there like his whole life like what's going on does he Can go you come home? back this way what time <laughs> It sounds like he has like no access to the outside world, which is kind of sad. It's awesome. I feel like all that was improv. Like, there's just part of me that thinks yeah. that wasn't in the script, and Bill Murray just came in for like 20 minutes on a day and just did it. So, also, I, I just such that. a fun like, uh, I, I guess trope in movies where like you go to a normally very populated tourist attraction and there's a secret interest to your spy base, but luckily no one is around. <laughs> the reflecting you walk. pool. Yeah, on the reflecting pool and. Yeah, so goofy. A lot of that is goofy. I mean, I I, I really think coming fresh off Argyle, I, I can't stop think comparing it to Argyle, like the studio comedies yeah, of maybe, today. And you, yeah, you saw Argyle first, right? Like before I did. you rewatched this. And I think yeah, this was just Maybe a that's breath. why you're so big on Get Smart. It yeah. could be because this felt like a breath of fresh air. And I just thought about like, you know, I started thinking about like Argyle and Ghosted and The Gray Man. And I was like, why can't we, why can't we make dumb silly movies like get smart anymore and these movies like i think action comedies today like don't know if they want to they, they try to pick a side do you want to be an action movie or do you want to be a comedy movie and no one finds mm-hmm. the blend of the, the right blend in between of like an action comedy you're either john wick or you're argyle i feel like and mm-hmm. it's just and argyle's not even funny so that's a bad comparison but um <laughs> but i don't know and i i think that's probably what's going on here is my frame of reference like i had a I I sniffed some coffee beans and then I s- s- smelled another candle. Is probably what's going on here. But yeah, um, but 
yeah i don't know and it could just be the nostalgia bait and i've seen this a million times and i was like oh this is great i haven't seen this in a while lovely but there were some do you think silly um do you think um sorry just while it's on my mind while we talked about argyle do you think that the fall guy will be something like that like more like the michael scott uh, or the get smart or the i uh... i am so worried for the fall guy um <laughs> Because it looks, again, it looks very much like Argyle in that regard. And I mean, yeah, I have more faith in that cast. I mean, I like mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling and I like Emily Blunt. From what I've yeah. seen from the trailers, I am very much not interested in it. So, mm-hmm. and I don't know. And David Leach is another interesting, you know, example of a, a kind of director who's trying to do a certain thing post Deadpool and trying to capture that. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And then you have like it's like you compare this to Deadpool, which is a completely different vibe altogether, which is definitely a more wink winky in on the joke comedy. And I feel mm-hmm. like I don't know, Get Smart feels kind of close to that, but definitely not Deadpool level. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's just a product at the time. We used to be again, two thousand eight, we used to be a country. Um <laughs> I don't know. I think all movies from two thousand eight I look back with such fondness for. I don't know what it is. Um <laughs> Like, I can't wait for us to do Horton Hears a Who. Um, Truly what it is, is that you were 10 years old, and movies are awesome when you're 10 years old. And I think like, so. It's and I, the best time. I mean, I've talked about this all the time. Like, 2008, The Dark Knight comes out, and I think that's kind of when my frame of reference on movies kind of changed, and I learned to appreciate yeah. them more for what they were. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a bunch of that, too, from this era. Like, this was the era totally. where I was like, movies, yeah. Get smart. Citizen Kane, awesome. same thing. <laughs> Argyle equals the third man. Amazing. Uh, yeah, whatever. Um uh, I, yeah. I do want to talk about really quick, like the rock being this um this double agent who's actually the real bad. Like it's like not even that like he's working for um the bad guy, but like the bad guy works for the rock, which is kind of a weird twist. Like, like I don't feel and like we don't it really, really know fits why. With... Yeah, there's no motivation. Yeah, there's no motivation there. We don't really learn like what's like what yeah like why he's doing that or or why he reports to him of all people because I think like if anything you wanted him to be a lackey like in that like hog in that machine of chaos or whatever like that can make more sense Mm -hmm. but just like being like the head of it I thought was like a really weird way to do that kind of trope yeah Um, yeah I would agree also yeah. Oh, do you have do you have something you want to add to I that? I was just gonna say I enjoy this era of the rock because you can tell totally. he's definitely willing to do more things than Anything. he wouldn't do now. There's no yeah. way he would kiss a man in fast X, you know? Like that that's not happening in this era of the rockdom, I don't think. That's true. So I just do appreciate this era of, of the He rock. won't even stand in a room with men in I know. Uh, like there's fast no X. like no he can't shot. even be in the same room. So <laughs> I, I appreciated that at least. So anyway. I that is funny. I I do like to imagine that like Steve Carell had to like convince him at first. Yeah, like, had to, no, 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 had no. To hype like, him this up. will be this will be funny. Um, yeah, this is like the game plan era of The Rock too, which I think is something that like that was also a heavy car movie rotation for us. Um, so just kind of fun seeing like that era of The Rock again. Like he is this charmy. I don't know. I guess he is still kind of like the same charmy asshole that we kind of like in other stuff, but. He has to win more in recent movies, which is kind of yeah. Like he loses me. I so appreciate like for every fast movie, you can sprinkle a Moana in there. You know, like I appreciate mm-hmm. that when you get kind of a change of pace. But and I like I appreciate that he's kind of going back to his roots in the WWE as of late as well. So 
I think he's having a reckoning in his life. I think Black Adam broke him. So I think we're I think he's of... having an ego death is what's what's going on. He's so, realized that he's kind of his own problem and is kind of yeah. trying to maybe undo. So maybe we're that. on the end of the bell curve. Like I think we've been on the I think we're gonna go <laughs> yeah. back down and he's gonna equal equal. I'd be cool with that. So yeah. Anyway, what were you um, gonna say before our the rock tangent? Oh. Just another like funny spy trope that they did, but like also fumbled was like the laser grid maze. Is yeah. like actual lasers that was like cutting off their hair if their hair touched, and it's like that's just supposed to be like a tripwire that like sounds an alarm. Like that's not supposed to be like yeah. an actual like death ray. Because like what? Why would that? I don't know. I thought that was really goofy. Another reason why um, boxes just, were a bad decision. Yeah, so so goofy. I don't know. <laughs> I think they just wanted to have the rat claw like climb into the pants and him get cut up a bunch of times like that. Yeah. I feel like they just they really wanted, wanted to do that joke. They wanted Steve Carell to do some physical comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just felt kind of silly to me, but something to mention as well. Yeah, I get it. I want to shout out Jimmy Khan as the president. Cause I thought he was wonderful reading, reading was the night moon in the, in the elementary school. I think you'd suck oh, yes. as the teacher. We had, we had to shout out, uh, uh, Jeff pointed this out whenever we were watching it together that, uh, that was his George Bush moment of like him reading to children and getting like this notification. Um, yeah, he just kind of did a, a few Bush like things throughout the movie that I thought was like good night funny. cow jumping over them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The supporting cast is fun. I yeah, I, I do enjoy them. I even like uh, David Keckner and Terry Crews just kind of doing some some hammy bits or a couple of times. Is Keckner the uh, the packer from the Office? Yeah, yeah. he felt. He felt too out of place for me. I could not believe that he was like a competent, like spy that like gets a seat at the table. You're right. It does. Wrong. It does kind of upend like the the demographic. Like you have Terry Crews and you have The Rock, and then you have this guy. Who? Yeah. Like it's like how is that's fair? Steve Carell not more qualified than this guy? Like you like, know what I mean? An, like he should be, be like, an analyst. A, or, yeah. In that yeah, regard, or just regard. not in the movie to be honest like unfortunately like his yeah. character he only does like that one character usually and that just like didn't fit the kind of vibe uh i did think patrick warburton at the end was a very fun addition being like this robotic man that like is like in the the show as well do you um, remember there were the- like coming out of this movie like there were like little shorts about jaime I don't know if you remember this, but there were like oh really no, little extras about the Patrick Warburton character, like in oh this, that's fun in this world. Anyway, um, yeah, that's that's kind of a cool. Do you think they part. wanted to to do another movie at some point with him? I think so. I mean, I think if we were in the IP world, I I feel like there would be would have been another like this was a success mm-hmm. financially, so I feel like they would have made another one. Like uh, did yeah. okay, like in terms of reviews, like not great, but pretty middle of the road, so enough to get a sequel i think i mean we're getting eternals it, too so yeah. you know enough to do that and i do think you could get like a wise cracking guy in that role but like he just doesn't give off like super spy to me in the same sense of like like i feel like you could get like a paul rudd or um i don't yeah. know just something someone like that to do something mm-hmm. more along that line i don't know it just felt kind of out of place to me yeah terry cruz really fun though i love i love seeing him and stuff i love the bit where he's like texting and he breaks the phone. He's like, sorry to interrupt, Max, yeah. go ahead. Next time, use your own damn phone. <laughs> so good. This is goofy stuff. Um, the last thing I want to shout out, and then I'll, I can throw it back to you, but um, I had to look this guy up, Nate Torrance, who plays the other analyst alongside the guy from Heroes. I don't. I never remember his yes. name. Yes, um, Hero from Heroes. Awesome. Hero from Heroes. Um, I feel like that guy got market corrected by Jonah Hill. 
They're the exact he, same vibe. They wanted him to be Jonah Hill. I feel Absolutely. like they just like, couldn't get him. <laughs> and did, yeah, it just, it's tough. He looks the like scene, Jonah Hill's character yeah. from Megamind. That's who he looks like. So true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, the scene where like they're helping him break out, but they're like, nah, like they can't hear us. It's only video. You got to beat us up so we can get out. It's like, okay. And then like he punches him and he goes the wrong way. Wrong way. And all that stuff. I thought that was pretty good. The guy passes out because he just gets. Yeah nervous also I, earlier whenever max hits alan arkin with the fire extinguisher it's pretty funny too is that a dent in his head <laughs> i do think the way he breaks out is kind of clever clever device where he they come in and he just hears the hose the in the or in, when, when max is in the cell and he hears like the oh yeah, yeah based on the numbers mm. i thought that was a kind of a cool thing did yeah. the fat the fat suit bits work for you on rewatch those no were, those not were at all those were a little rough. those were really rough he's as he's incompetent enough to have it be funny as just Steve Carell not being able to do the physical stuff. Like he is yeah. a funny enough guy that's I don't know. I thought that the fact we were really weird. That why did we need these physical transformations from both of our leads? Like we didn't you don't even it is need very it. Odd. You don't even need it yeah. at all. I don't know why, but anyway. Anyway. Super weird. The it, the one joke of him being like sharing his story of like how he lost all this weight and stuff and then like seeing her and him being like going yeah you were truly hideous like that's kind of funny but like who <laughs> were hideous because like she's like this very attractive woman in the other one too but like i don't know I, your eggs know. can dry up and fall out of your uterus yeah he was being he was weird there i i don't love, love i love the stuff. bit use your peripherals and he just widens his eyes that's so funny i don't know being like look at this guy who's a terrorist he's like that's clock and he looks back and he's like that guy is definitely a terrorist his head looks like one of the easter island heads that that was funny that was that was a good joke but i don't know like some of the stuff was obviously very very dated Um, yeah definitely there is an r r word bomb i think at at some point so yeah there's that too the his cover is uh the r word stable boy and and he's deaf hello like yeah, he says like he like mumbles a word that's like go and get us some punch. He goes okay. You're like oh, <laughs> <laughs> good. Uh, good stuff. Insane. Anyway, I, you know, just all in all, to to kind of wrap up, get smart is just I I did have a good time upon rewatching it. It didn't change in my estimation. I still gave it three stars. I think I kept yeah. it there. Um, it didn't go up or down. I, I get where some of the the stuff doesn't age as well, but I still just. Yeah. I think the charm it's of Steve kind Carell of a is, long movie. It is kind of long. It's almost two hours, isn't it? It's like yeah, it's a little too long than than it needs to be. They could but... definitely trim some fat in this. That's for yeah. sure. But yeah, also I really quick before we before we fully move on, I guess mm-hmm. he keeps saying "missed it by that much" like throughout yeah. it. Catchphrase. It, it's a catchphrase that like kind of really sucks. Like it's not a good one. Miss, and then at the end, it's he's like "missed it by that much." It's just like I don't know, like <laughs> yeah, it's so so stupid. I I just didn't think it was a was a good one at all. Yeah, that's very fair. I don't think Thanks. I have any other ones, but yeah, I just, again, shout out to Alan Arkin who recently passed away. He's awesome in this movie, mm-hmm. so good stuff. He is fun. He is really fun. Beautiful. Sweet. Uh, let's go on to the Green Hornet, which yeah. I think will be kind of interesting. This was really fun to watch with Abby because she had. 
literally no idea what was happening. Like, like she did not know anything about the movie going into it. She didn't know that it was a superhero movie. She didn't know that Seth Rogen was the star. Like when she was like Seth Rogen, I was like, yeah, he's the lead. She was like, Oh my God, this is going to be cool. So this was, um, this was like a zero on a Q score for Abby. Like she had no idea what this no was. Never heard of it. Nothing. Okay. So watching it with her was, I'm not going to lie. It elevated my experience. Just like, sure. Because there are, it does a lot of weird fun things that I think mm-hmm. whenever you expect it to be like a really bad movie, I think that's just, it, it's the Argyle effect, but with like not watching Argyle at the same time. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Like, was this one that like rose for you or did you hate it a little bit more? No, it actually rose a little bit in my estimation. I, I don't want to say that I, I loved it. I think I bumped it sure. up half a star upon rewatch. Mm-hmm. I think that, also, I looked this up. We did a whole podcast saying this too. It's Michelle Gondry. He's French. It's not Michael Gondry, by the way. Oh, oh. Cool. Anyway, I learned that the other day. I was like, oh, Michelle Gondry. Anyway, that's cool. So I, I want to say that to bring it up here that I feel like just there's not enough material here. Like Michelle Gondry does some really cool things. The filmmaking is really Mm -hmm. cool. There's some really great stuff in here. Great nuggets, great transitions, great visual storytelling devices. The fight choreography is super cool. What they kind of do with that. It just, there's just, it just felt like there wasn't enough here to kind of justify it. Like it felt like, I don't know. It felt like Michelle Gondry got like a a lemon and he like just painted it, you know, like I feel like he got a bad car and painted it and sold it. Which is totally fine. There is like a lot of great stuff in here, but when it was all said and done, it's kind of just a, a simple crime movie with not a whole lot going on except for the visual flares, which I I really did enjoy. Um, totally, I, I I totally agree with you in that in that sense. Like it, the Green Hornet as an IP maybe isn't the most lucrative. Uh, I think that's a good thing, thing to make though. a movie based like, on. I think yeah, that totally. there's no prior knowledge to it really mainstream. Mm-hmm. It, it really works in its favor for sure. And it's just such an interesting piece whenever you compare it to like the state of superhero movies now Mm -hmm. of, you know, they're kind of safe cookie cutter paint by numbers type stuff. And like Mm -hmm. for something that should have been that to an extent and and at times it is, I feel like this movie takes way more like visual risks and definitely uh, tries to do a whole bunch of different things that I feel like a lot of movies now haven't even thought about doing. Oh, yeah. Um, it's so it is kind of cool. It is fresh in that way. Um, weirdly, I feel like some people really rise and like have like great moments, but like Christoph Waltz, I felt like was really wasted for like a role like this. I feel like he wasn't like doing and and you can tell he wanted to do like a comedy thing. So like obviously he's not going to be doing he's not going to be pulling an inglorious bastards performance uh, sure. for this. He's doing something sillier. Um, I don't know. It just didn't really work for me as much. I would agree. I love Christoph Waltz in in, in mm-hmm. most in most things. Uh, he's definitely had some stinkers. It's so crazy to see because we're kind of seeing it right now in real time. When you win the Oscar, mm-hmm. you get every offer imaginable, and mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a spoil of riches where if you pick the wrong thing and you just keep popping up, it's a travesty. I think of Ariana Debose as kind of a recent one who. Mm-hmm. I think Wish was a good decision on paper. That didn't pan out for her. Mm-hmm. She is an Argyle for a couple seconds. Oh, no. And she's also in this movie called ISS that came out in January. So I think it's a spoil of riches for her right now. You look at people who just make these decisions post their Oscar decision because they're like, I won the Oscar. Now I'll go have fun. 
I think Christoph Waltz did it. I think he's coming off of Bastards in 2009. So he's kind of riding a high and gets to pick his project. So I get why he kind of wanted to try this in the middle of the superhero boom. Like we're firmly in it in 2011, right? We're, yeah. It's like really taken off and people are like, there's actually some validity in this. So, and just like on paper, it just sounds like a really fun project. It's like, okay, you have this weird niche IP that is like this genre is picking up steam and this mm-hmm. uh, kind of pop culture moment. Then you have Michelle Gondry, who is like a very well established, like good director, like can do some cool stuff. Like that'd be a cool director to work with. And then also it's written by, it's written by Seth Rogen. Um, and, uh, and Evan Goldberg. And so it's just kind of like a really fun, like time capsule of like why I, I see why he would do, do a project like this, like on paper, like it is like kind of a lot of really good uh, people coming together to collab on a project that feels like the right time. Um, I don't know, but just didn't really amount to a whole lot. Uh, I feel like nobody has seen this movie <laughs> for the most part. I don't know. Uh, do you yeah, know anybody would... else like normal person like normal people who have seen this movie I don't know no like I feel like I could talk to Corbin and Cody and, and maybe Corbin, maybe Corbin Cody and Jeff and I think that's yeah really <laughs> maybe. It. maybe maybe I would say maybe people in our fantasy movie league and then that's kind sure. of where I think it would end I think people maybe have heard of it yeah maybe not have seen it I don't know I feel mm-hmm. like Abby is pretty savvy and would at least have heard of it, but to not even really. She had no idea. She didn't even know who all. was in it. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't even really remember that Christoph Waltz was in it too. And I certainly didn't. Remember I also that, didn't. Certainly didn't remember that Cameron Diaz or David Harbour were also there for a time. The David so. Harbour was surprising. The James Franco cameo in the beginning was Did not hilarious. remember that. Yeah. Did not remember that at all. I was all. like, remember um, when we liked that guy? Man. Yeah. yeah. Like it is kind of crazy to see how like, you know, like Seth Rogen doesn't even associate with him anymore. Um, so clearly to some level, if your friends are or your professional friends or whoever they are are kind of abandoning you, uh, I have a feeling a lot of that stuff is probably true to some extent. Yep. And you probably shouldn't support that dude uh, totally. in the future. But that being said, he is one of those, he's kind of like a Kevin Spacey figure where it's like, man, like you're gone and your stuff is really good. And it kind of sucks that like every time I see you, I'm like, objectively, this is a really great performance and I'm having a great time watching you. It's the Um, art first artist argument. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's like, yeah, yeah. the past stuff I'll, I'll still watch, but going forward, I I don't think I would support. It's just, it's so weird because every once in a while I'll turn on like Woody Allen, for example, I'll turn on a Woody Allen movie and I'll watch it because like Academy Award nominations praised at the Mm -hmm. time. And you can watch it and you'd be like, you know, this is it's not bad. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Hate the guy. But dang, you know, like Chinatown. Love that movie. Roman Polanski. Forget it, guy. Jake. So, yeah. So anyway, I can I can separate <laughs> yeah. James Franco and Green Hornet because he's barely in it. And yes. he blows up in the first 10 minutes. So it's good stuff. As we were saying, the Green Hornet is very much like Chinatown when you think about it. Uh, <laughs> of course. Yep, forget it. It's LA. Uh, it's all the same. Yeah, James Franco is very funny. He's like talking about like, okay, cool. I'll live on and tell your legacy and tell your story and how cool you are. And your your double handgun is actually really cool. And oh, you left your briefcase and he blows up. Super fun. What's his uh, character's name again? He like explains the joke to death. What what his name? James is. Frank. Oh, it's, the yeah, his character's name. He's like they call me no. Um, James Franco's character. Oh. I know that. I don't remember. It's something really on the nose when he's explaining it. I know Christoph Waltz's bit is like Bloodnovsky 
and he try, tries to change so it. So stupid. I do, I do think it's kind of funny that he just wants to be scary. That's like yeah. his whole bit. He just like, oh, you don't find me scary. You don't like my double barreled gun, which took me a long time to build, by the way. Like, <laughs> I get, I, I like it's that he a kind cool of guy. has an inferiority complex. I just feel like there's not enough of him in it. And also yeah. he's got not great material to work with. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But but yeah, um, what can you do? Also, he's an heir to a newspaper fortune. Uh, Seth Rogen? Yes, his yeah. character is. Okay. Uh, kind of, yeah, a weird... Uh, Weird backstory for that character, I guess, in general. One, the dad being... This is a really weird connection, too, because I was like, oh, that guy's in The Dark Knight. Tom I know Wilkinson? that guy. Yeah. Like, yes. And then I realized that uh, Michelle Gondry directed and I was like, wait, that guy oh, yeah. also was in Eternal Sunshine. And then it took me... Then I was like, oh, my God, wait, that guy and that guy are the same people from those... Like, I never... There's such different characters and temperaments that, like, I never connected that that was the same dude yeah. before. Um, kind of interesting there. Um, but yeah, like the newspaper like stuff is pretty interesting as far as like I'm gonna become like the J. Jonah Jameson for my own self. Like that's kind of like a fun angle that I that I don't hate. Yeah. Um definitely a unique take. It almost I feel like would have been more appreciated down the line. Like a lot of this stuff is like kind of subversive, but before it really became cemented as like tropes for it to be subversive within this genre, which is kind of yeah kind of unique in it i guess in its own maybe to its detriment like it wasn't well established enough yet to be considered subversive at the time um, yeah. But yeah i agree i'm just over here trying to find james franco's character's name but i can't find it <laughs> <laughs> um oh it was his name is danny clear but they call him crystal clear like, they're still clear yeah, like, and crystal <laughs> meth and like he explained yeah. the joke and everything anyway um yeah, um, a really weird critique, but I think the needle drops are all over the place. Um, the mm-hmm. music just never feels cohesive. That one minute you're like, it's Johnny Cash, and then it's like kind of this grunge metal, and you're like, the Johnny Cash one especially stood out because uh, when and Abby commented on this too in a really funny way. Like we we see the telecast of him reacting to his father's death, and like he just doesn't really look that upset. Like his his acting there for Seth Rogen just unfortunately is not very good. He didn't have it. And yet. then of course the needle drop of Johnny Cash is just like no, that was not earned. He did not look sad I enough for you to play Johnny head. Cash. <laughs> You're like oh, it's so I don't know. not a, not an earned needle drop. I, I will say it. though. Their first suit up to Gangster's Paradise is so oh, good. That's the only thing I remembered from the movie going in because it's amazing. It's that's great. a great needle drop. It's so yeah. good. Um, I just wish the whole movie was kind of like that. Um, yeah, I, I like uh, one thing that stood out. I do like the again, kind of talking about the rapport of Hathaway and Carell. Mm-hmm. I love the rapport of Seth Rogen and Jay Cho. Um, it's just, yes, uh, they're really mm-hmm. good. And I like that guy a lot. I was trying to see what else he's been in and. Not he's a like a lot. musician overseas more yeah. than anything it seems. Yeah, I was looking into it. I was like, he's he's doing pretty well in this with mm-hmm. this material. Like he was a lot of fun. So he was super fun. I liked them a lot. I really the twist of Green Hornet needing to kill Brett kind of works. I thought that was cool. Like it yeah, kind of really worked for me. The third act kind of like kind of popped off, and I was really enjoying mm-hmm. it. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. Pretty good. Visual flares. Yeah, I do want to talk about like the costumes and the gadgets being like really cool for like just being so simple. Like the way that they used, yes, very practical. The way that they utilized the car for like a lot of their action action sequences, but like also like the way that they showed off 
how the car works within the action sequences I thought was like really creative and really smart. Like mm-hmm. that could totally be the writing or that could just be Gondry like being Gondry and like exploring that a little bit more. Like yeah. the scene where Kato is shooting the bottles by ricocheting them off of the window, I think was so cool. cool. And like, yeah, like Good I montage. just thought that was like such a creative montage uh, to show like how he d- did all that stuff. I thought that was pretty neat. Um, and, and I do want to shout out the uh, sleep gun gadget, which is very reminiscent of like uh, this character from the Justice Society of America called Sandman, where he has like a knockout gas pellet gun. Mm. Super cool, super funny. You have Seth Rogen shooting himself in the face with it on accident. And it turns out he thought he was asleep for just a few hours, but it was 11 days. And like that scene is so funny how it plays <laughs> out. Like it's like, I've been asleep for four days. And he's like, no, you've been asleep for 11 days. <laughs> it was like, it was just such a, a good reveal. And they had to tell people that he had like, he was like mono. in a coma basically. Yeah. He had mono. <laughs> so good. I just, I really, really liked that bit. I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah. I, uh, a part that I wish was a little better is the whole like DA subplot with David Harbour. Yeah. Um, like not the most strong. No, like uh, not for a minute. Like I didn't even remember he was in the movie, but from the minute you see him at the funeral, we're like, that guy's the bad guy. Like you could just, which is tell. so funny. Actually, that's another, uh, I guess similarity that we didn't even clock yet is that they both have like a twist villain. That's like kind of obvious when you think about it and also kind of stupid and takes away from what was going on with the yeah. more menacing villain. I would think David Harbour has a little better motive though than the rock. Totally. So hundred percent, but, but yeah, I do want to week in that. Yeah. I do want to shout out a really cool visual, visual effect that Michelle Mm -hmm. Gondry does. There's this scene where it's, they're like, they want to round up everyone that's dressed in green and anything like that. And they're like, go spread the word. And it starts with one guy and he goes and tells some person and it goes off in its separate frame on the screen. Mm -hmm. And it just keeps working its way around. I was like, that is really cool. It was just another example of like, it just feels too good for this material. Like it's, it's really cool to kind of see and uh, compared to, you know, some of the slop we get fed in, in recent superhero yeah, we, things of bigger we, uh, IPs. We've shouted out this YouTube channel before, but like corridor digital, like talked mm. with some of the VFX people of that movie, I think. And like, they kind of broke oh, really? down some of the, like that sequence, oh, cool. um, the sequence where, you know, Kato's like running on the cars and like the cars are like expanding in this like infinite inception esque kind of perception just to mm-hmm. kind of show like how Kato's mind like perceives time in these moments of adrenaline, which is really cool. Yeah. He almost has like this Terminator like lock onto weapons and like see how everything's going to work out. I thought that was like just a really cool uh, way to process all that. It reminded me of sh- like, the the bits in like Sherlock Holmes movies where Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, shows, yeah, like, yeah. Telegraphs it all out ahead mm-hmm. of time. Yeah, nice totally. To I thought that was that. cool. Um, I don't really have anything else other than just you know I think it's a very perfectly fine movie that that could have is definitely elevated by its director, mm-hmm. which is totally. Same. And I think it's, it's writing. I think it's it's the jokes. I think are legitimately funny jokes are funny. Movie. Jokes are funny. Yeah, the jokes are landing really good. But it's funny when it's not as like quotable in the same way that I guess like Get Smart is. But I do think it is like funnier than Get Smart in like more clever ways usually. But I don't know how you feel about that. I'll I'll disagree. But I don't know. Fair I, enough. I don't know, man. Argyle's changed me, and uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a broken man today. That's so funny. I like. Uh, I do think. 
because I maybe I'm I'm partial to like the Seth Rogen stoner comedies. Like that's kind of my preferred mm-hmm. uh, comedy usually. Sure. Um, as opposed to like the satire stuff, you usually seem to gravitate more towards, uh, you know, the airplanes, the Monty Python stuff, um, of course. But I don't know, just the idea of like getting a Seth Rogen movie, and this is a Seth Rogen movie, but like directed by like a legit super serious director with some like serious movies under his belt is like kind of crazy. Like that this is like a real thing that it, it that exists and. I just weirdly appreciate the hell out of this movie for like no reason, but like it it is just a wild blueprint of a movie that it exists. And I just can't believe that this movie exists. I mean, I will agree with you on on one point in that. I think we owe a lot to Seth Rogen. I think he is Mm -hmm. a big proponent in why studio comedies are still being made. Um, Anything you see that comes out nowadays, like, he's either in or he's written or he's attached to in some producer credit him, him and him and Apatow. Although Apatow likes to freak out needlessly about things a lot on the internet now, but Apatow um, is definitely a reactionary these days. Um, Yes. And he's had some stinkers lately, but his, um, his reaction to like the Chris rock slap was like insane. I remember (laughs) like, he was like, just like so blown out of proportion, like relaxed dude. Yeah. Um, So anyway, I, (laughs) I really appreciate Seth Rogen and his mm-hmm. his brand of comedy and he's like keeping it alive and also like dedicating his unique flair to like projects mm-hmm. like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and totally and, and the boys and things like that. So props to him and and props he's come a long way for sure. And I love Invincible him in the series too. I think he he is oh, so he attached somehow, to that too. How it, I think he's somehow he voices a character at least. So I think he's like a producer on that as well. He's got um, his finger. I do want to say Cameron Diaz underutilized i don't think she was like a super interesting character i don't i didn't like yeah. their dynamic i thought it was kind of funny that she was just like constantly rejecting both of them and like they, they don't need to end up together which is what get smart should have also done yes but i also at the same time did not like seth rogan's character like basically like straight up just sexually harassing her and like her calling yeah. it out doesn't make it okay like that's not i had that i, I, I would have preferred like, if he didn't do that like the sexist general. old hat type of deal is yeah Although, and granted, like, like the joke is that like he's wrong and like isn't yes, it's not working for him. But like it, it, it I don't, I don't need those all the time. And you she's know, clearly like, a more intelligent and has character and has yeah. like some wherewithal about her. Mm-hmm. I will say, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is just like at the very end of the movie where they're like they don't want to get the bullet out, so they just decide to stage. I was going to say this. Thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, they're trying to get it out. He can't. He goes. I can't go to the hospital. They'll know it's me. They yep. try to pull it out. He's like, Oh, okay. I gotta go to the hospital. They're like, No, we can do this. And then, the, yeah, they stage this press conference where, like, it's kind of like the I am Iron Man moment, but like, obviously not. Like him just addressing the 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 uh, the press, and then Cato shows up and he goes, The Green Hornet sends his regards and does a drive by shooting of him. So good, so funny. And then, the like, shoulder. that's how like they <laughs> that's how they get him to the hospital. So great. Um, I I have some legitimate questions on if he would he have just died from that by not. I, it seems like they waited a while the before they did that press him. conference. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like he might have been a little too far gone, but yeah, I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. It's a funny bit. Yeah, I'll give him that. Yeah, when the ejector seats, good stuff. Um, ejector seats are cool. I don't yeah, know how they got the, away. The MythBusters. But... Oh, did that? Um, is that what they did? Tested. They ejector tested. Seats? I know they tested ejector seats. I know they tested to see if you could saw a car in half with an elevator and bullet holes. 
which is like what happens like the the back half of the car gets cut off in the elevator which is really right. cool and they're like driving around the front wheel drive i thought that stuff was pretty fun um they test that and then they test to see if you have an indestructible car buried underground if you blew up a bunch of like stuff if you could unbury it that was also something that they tested oh interesting yeah, yeah that part kind of it was a pretty me. fun episode um, I, I will say that's my worst nightmare um being buried alive it was yeah. really pretty scary in that too like i actually felt yeah stressed out from that scene I hate that so mm-hmm. love that um, um yeah beautiful anything else on green hornet i don't think so i i feel like we yeah we we did good on both of these sick you want to move on to what's in the box oh what's in the box yes sir um i got two reviews uh this one is for get smart by scuba to do three stars um, it says, ironic this movie is called Get Smart because that's what I was yelling at Anne Hathaway as she fell in love with Steve Carell. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, you got a I, Get Smart one? I've got two from Get Smart. Uh, the first one Sorry. is uh, Sean Osborne, three stars. It's just missed it by that much. Just throwing it out. <laughs> throw that catchphrase out again. And then finally, Nadia, so two stars. Dwayne, <laughs> Dwayne, the rock my world with that Johnson. That's all. That's the review. So there's that. Amazing. I think it's the hair that made her say that. So <laughs> love that. You got one for, um, um, for yeah. This is my Green Hornet one. This is from Andrew Fallon. Gave it five stars. Says I love it. Wait, no, I hate it. I can't make up my mind. This is an underrated masterpiece. Block me. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I love it. Um, I've got one from Vinny Sims. No relation. Two stars. Mm. Michelle Gondry needed new shoes. Which is kind of, kind of just how I felt about about him taking on this project, but also yeah. be I'm gonna shout out Be Kind Rewind because he also directed that movie and I I like that. Movie. Oh nice, yeah, yeah. And, anywho, um, ready to rank it amongst our our four? Let's do it. I already disagree with where, how the ranking has gone. <laughs> you and Jeff overpowered me with the Lucasfilm stuff. Well, now we can collab. Uh, no one gets to win it. out here. Jeff's not. I feel like next week when Jeff's we back, could we stalemate. Have to, yeah. We have to revisit. Have him re remove some stuff. Let's start with um, Get so Smart. So for me, yeah. What are you I thinking like about? Get Smart them? is. I feel like Get Smart is only above. If we're talking about just like the other ones that are already on the list, I yeah. think it's only above Hansel and Gretel. Okay. Personally, I feel How like. Do you feel? Well, I would put it above probably Eagle Eye, but I know that Jeff won't. So yeah, to honor Jeff and Baker, his baby. I think we should put it below Eagle Eye. Um, Fair enough. So Which is so funny because on my list, Eagle Eye is still number one. <laughs> like nothing has Fair. topped that for me personally. Um, and then Green. Yeah. So what's what is our list right now? Actually, do you want to? Uh, it's it off? it's uh it's at number from one to five now. It's Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Eagle Eye, Get Smart, and Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Okay, that's where we're at right now. Personally. Mm-hmm. I would put Green Hornet above all of those except Eagle Eye, which I know is ridiculous. So that's how high I'm willing to put it. Okay. So really, it's up to how high you want to put it. I don't have any frame of reference from Jeff on his take of Green Hornet. I know. Um. So it's it's tough because I want to put it above in our list. I want to put it above Eagle Eye, I suppose, but. On your list, it's not above Eagle Eye, but Eagle Eye's number well, three that's okay. on our list. It, okay, is it better than Hansel and Gretel? 
Maybe maybe we put it. I think maybe it goes below eagle eye and above get smart. I think so too. I okay. think that's fair. We'll do that. I would put it personally. I would put it above indie and episode one, but I don't think Jeff is going to agree, and I don't think you are going to agree. I so. think at the end of of Dumpuary, we can we can reconvene and readjust. Look at our list because then you know if we do more if we do more of these out of February, which I I'm hoping we will and probably will. I hope we do um, too. Well, this list will only grow, so we'll definitely have to revisit it and shift some things around. But I like where we're at right now. Totally. This this feels Sweet. right. Um, Me too. Beautiful. All right, you're feeling lucky. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? So, Carter, this is going to be a little different just because Jeff is not here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not going to have you compete. I'm just going to give you all the possible questions uh, that are that I have prepared here of famous duos. So just like Kato is you know, the famous sidekick to the Green Hornet, I'm going to give you some other sidekicks, maybe some... Some main people, you tell me who their sidekick or their associated partner is. Okay. Um, we're going to see how many out of 70 you get right. We're just going to rattle them off the dome. If you don't know, you can just say, I don't know, and we'll move on. Um, and yeah, we'll just see how you do. So okay. starting with number one, short round. Indiana Jones. Philip J. Fry. Pass. Okay. Igor. Uh, Dr. Frankenstein. Correct. Jimmy Olsen. Superman. Correct. Jeff Green. Pass. Okay. Uh, so Jeff Green is Larry David, just so you know. And Philip J. Fry is Bender. Uh, oh, Piglet. Okay. Uh, Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. Silent Bob. Jay. Mm-hmm. Paul Schaefer. Or Schaffer. That sounds so familiar. Pass. It's David Letterman. Ford <laughs> Prefect. <laughs> Love it. Ford Prefect. Mm-hmm. Uh, pass. This is Arthur Dent. That's from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Sure. Barney Rubble. Um, Fred Flintstone. Yes. John Oates. Daryl Hall. Mm-hmm. Garth. Not Brooks. Don't say Brooks. Wayne. Yes. Party on. Christopher Nolan. Killian this Murphy. This one's a little out there. No. Oh, think, Emma Thomas. Think... No. His sidekick, Christopher Nolan's Think sidekick. About it. Think about it. Uh, uh, I, I should probably pass. I won't sit here and. Who, it's who Michael it? Caine, but that's okay. <gasps> Michael Caine, fair. Paul Simon, uh, Art Garfunkel, mm-hmm. Maverick, Goose, Napoleon Dynamite, uh, Pedro. Gromit. Wallace. Andy Richter. Conan O'Brien, my guy. <laughs> Waylon Smithers. Um, Mr. Burns. Yep. Donkey. Shrek. Corbin Savokal. Cody Webb. <laughs> Ron Weasley. Harry Potter. Dwight Schrute. Michael Scott. Samwise Gamgee. Uh, Frodo Baggins, Doctor Watson, uh, Sherlock Holmes, Han Solo, Chewbacca, Golden Odie, Squeaker, <laughs> Jordan Costanza, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, Dick Grayson, uh, Batman, Patrick Star, mm-hmm. SpongeBob SquarePants, Martin Scorsese, 
Robert De Niro. Yes. Okay. Got John that one. C. Riley. Will Ferrell. Yes. Okay. Amy Poehler. Tina Fey. You're cooking right now, <laughs> Jason Todd. Um. Oh man. Then you had to say that. That's Nightwing, right? Um. No. No. Dick Grayson is Nightwing. Who is oh. Jason Todd? Robin. <laughs> Batman again. <laughs> Yes! Oh, let's go! Bucky Barnes. Uh, Captain America? Mm-hmm. King Kong. Ooh. Sidekick? Um, King Kong side- Godzilla? Good duo. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Abed Nadir. <laughs> Troy? I know this one. Yes! Oh, the good yeah. job. The Lone Ranger. Honto? Yes. Mario. Luigi? Or Yoshi? Or Peach? Snoopy. Woodstock. Yes. Good grab. Thanks. Brian Griffin. Uh, Stewie Griffin. Yes. Zelda. Uh, Link. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey's famous duo. Uh, the catchphrase, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Woody Harrelson is what I was going for. Oh, there. okay. True detective. Sure. And they're, they're maybe brothers. Of, they're like weed brothers. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's, fraternity t- that's funny. They might actually be related. So uh, cool. Lou Costello. Lou Costello. Is that? Oh, Abbott and Costello. Yes. Michael Jordan. Scotty Pippen. Mm-hmm. Tim Drake. What's his name? Nathan. Uh, is this mm-hmm. Uncharted guy? No. This Tim is not Drake. Uncharted. Oh, I'm, I'm out on this one. The answer is Batman on that one. That's also an, another Robin. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, Woody. Buzz. Captain Kirk. Uh, Spock. Doc Brown. Marty. McFly. <laughs> Chan- Chandler Bing. Uh, Joey Tribbiani. Scooby-Doo. Shaggy. Tom. Um, oh, Jerry. <laughs> There you go. Ernie. Uh, Bert. C-3PO. R2-D2. Stephanie Brown. Jeffrey Brown. And That's a trick question. It's Baker. Batman again. Dang it. <laughs> Stephanie Brown is, is a Robin, actually, which is kind of fun. Thelma. You got my ass. Louise. Butch Cassidy. And the Sundance Kid. Clyde. Bonnie. Sonic. The Hedgehog. Tails. There you go. Harley Quinn. Uh, the Joker. Mm-hmm. Pikachu. Ash. Ketchum. Yes. Mushu. Mulan. Mini-Me. Uh, Dr. Evil. <laughs> Jesse Pinkman. Walter White. Remy. Oh, what's his name? Linguini. Obama. <laughs> Uh, um, Biden. Yes. Okay. Yoda. Uh, Luke. Mm-hmm. Jimmy okay. Cricket. Pinocchio. Kermit. Miss Piggy. No. Oh, Fozzie. Not who I'm going for. Mm. Fozzie and Steve Martin. Martin Short. There you go. You ran the gauntlet pretty mm, well. Not bad. I I'm gonna give you a Batman's. passing score. <laughs> okay. Miss some Batman's. That's okay. I don't think Jeff would have gotten those to be fair. So maybe you win. I'll say you win. 
You did okay. good. We'll give Jeff the unofficial test and see what how he does. So wonderful. What a game. That's good a good one. I'm a fan of that. Big time. Woohoo. Beautiful. Um, are we done? We did it. I believe we're done. Amazing. Um, here I'll give a quick fantasy update and then we can get out of here. Um week five. Steps in first place now. She's got three films on the docket now. Uh, mean Girls and Lisa Frankenstein and Love Lies Bleeding out there in the world. Cody in second with uh, I Saw the TV Glow and Argyle. Good for him. Um, then I am in uh, third with uh, Orion in the Dark. Then Abby in fourth uh, with a different man. Brian has presence. He is in um, fifth. Then you, Jackson, in sixth, you picked up It's What's Inside from Sundance. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Jeff is in seventh. He has the American Society of Magical Negroes out of Sundance. So that's all we got going on so far. And then Corbin, Matt, and Mina, no points yet for them. Early in the season. It's only February. So we're cooking. Berlin Film Festival mm-hmm. this month. So there's some pickups there that might happen. And yeah, good stuff there. Now Ooh. we're done. Yeah. Um. This is where we would thank Jeff for being on again, but uh, he was not here today, but he will be back hopefully next week, assuming his uh, his young strapping son is healthy and well again. So mm-hmm. we will see him next week with our next edition of C-Double, which is Kangaroo Jack and Aloha. And I've not seen Aloha, oh, so I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> um, and I haven't seen Kangaroo Jack in a long time. So I have a feeling that I one is I remember not- Kangaroo Jack being super boring so i feel like we're gonna not be worse gonna be in for <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a battle because i feel like you also really don't like aloha so to pick which one is better is gonna be amazing so <laughs> we'll find out. anyway we'll see but jackson where can the people follow us on uh instagram and tiktok they can follow us at rough cut underscore pod where can they follow us on x at rough cut underscore co like, comment, subscribe. Thanks, Film Me App. Keep leaving comments. We Thank love you. them. Artist subjective. Mm-hmm. Woo! Bye. See you next week. Goodbye. In case I don't see ya. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.